All right, it's a pleasure to have the one, the only, Cuppy, Cupperman, uh, Praetorian Capital, the Wizard of Praetorian Capital, and Cuppy's event-driven monitors where you get the edge. Cuppy, how are you? Great to have you on. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just came back from vacation and there's some amazing news from OPEC. Can't be bad. <laughs> on a vacation? You've been on vacation for like months, man. Months. Good times, man. <laughs> Best investing is uh, doing nothing investing. Oh, for sure. Well, hey, listen, man. The good, what, what, big thing is I'm, I'm glad I saw the, the, the fire and everything. I'm glad the Bloomberg survived. Copy keeps going. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it was a close call, but we lived. <laughs> oh, man, good, good to hear. Margo, kick it off. So I just want to talk about OPEC. Obviously, you've been a longtime oil bull. This was welcome news for oil bulls this weekend, them cutting by 1 million barrels per day. Was this the inflection point that everyone was looking for? Yes, I mean, look, the inflection point was China turning on. I mean, that was the inflection point that happened in Q4. I mean... What changed now is that we flipped from a slight surplus in the second half of last year to deficits, and the deficits just keep building. But the funny thing is that, you know, these hedge funds, they all bought oil when it was going up, and they all sold oil when it was going down, and as it kept going down, they had to sell more because their risk model says sell when it goes down, and they're probably going to all buy it when it goes back up. I mean, that, that's just how they do things. I, I don't know why they do things that way, and I, I, that's not how I do things, but, you know, I, I, we saw a lot of uh, speculators get uh, liquidated. You look at the open interest uh, for, with the CFTC. I mean, the open interest is historic lows. Uh, everyone sold the lows. I think another thing that was going on that doesn't get enough credit is when interest rates went up, Guys said, hey, why do I have all this uh, oil as inventory? And so they started working down their inventory. Just think of a gas station, you know, normally you fill it up to the top. Now you say, you know, it's costing me 7 or 8% to, to fund this. That's a lot of money. I'm paying an interest. Maybe we'll fill it up halfway. And so everyone draws their inventory down. And that's been happening for a couple months, maybe a full year now. And that's just, you know, led to some weakness. But you can only draw the inventory down so much. And you know, so, so you had these two things, you know, speculators liquidating paper contracts and guys drawing down inventory. And, you know, despite there being, you know, a growing deficit, those, those, the, the, the price didn't respond. And, you know, now the price is responding. I mean, these things always happen with lags. And now it's going to be really good. You know, it just took some time. You had to be patient. And, and so, like, Saudi dropping the hammer right now, uh, you know, ahead of their, their, their scheduled meeting, what, what, what do you like? What do you make of the impetus of that, and just you know the the, the calculus on their side? I would love to hear you know if you have a thought on on you know why now. Waiting for Biden to finish dumping the SPR, and he's almost done. <laughs> and now that he can't play defense. You know, in the past, if, if you know OPEC did something, the U.S. could always say, "Okay, fine. You know, we're going to uh, you know drain the SPR. We're going to cap pricing, and then U.S. shale can come back in and fill in the gap." And you know, but. You know, now that we don't have the SPR, we can't play defense anymore. So now OPEC can just play offense all day on us. And, you know, this was inevitable. When you have bad leadership, bad things happen to you. But the Saudis just sat there and waited. And, you know, it, 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 it's kind of funny. You know, when you're playing poker against a guy that makes unforced errors, you just sit there quietly and let them make unforced errors. And that's what, what OPEC did for the past year. And now they're going to play offense and oil's going higher. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, I noticed um, that, like, uh, shorts in, in, in WTI were the highest they've been since 2020. Was this kind of Saudi Arabia saying, don't bet against us? Some of that. <laughs> no, look, uh, oil for the past uh, six months has been between, let's call it low 70s and uh, high 70s. Yeah. And so when it broke below, all the chart guys said, oh, the chart looks bad. Let's sell. Let, let's, let's sell. And that's for <laughs> short. 
And, you know, that, that's just how people do stuff. And I don't know why you'd ever want to sell something when it's going down. You want to buy stuff, more of it. But that's just what happened. But I think you have another thing happening here, and this is uh, what the Federal Reserve is doing. The Federal Reserve, you know, they don't control the price of oil, but, you know, they're responsible for inflation. But a lot of inflation globally comes from the price of energy, but they have no control over it. That, that's out of their world. They, they have two knobs. They have, you know, QE, QT. They spin the knob. And they have interest rates. They spin the knob. And the thing is, they can't control the price of oil. It's outside of what they do. Yeah. But, but, but they're being asked to solve for inflation, which is oil. And so what they're really doing when they spin the knob up on uh, interest rates is they're going around the world and they're saying, look, you know, America, we're a rich country. There's always going to be enough oil. And if, you know, the price of oil goes up, well, we'll just, you know, you know we'll give out stimmies. We'll always have dollars. We can always buy oil because we're the guys with the dollars. So they're basically going to all the other poor countries, and they're saying, look, we're going to raise interest rates. We're, we're going to make uh, dollars more expensive. And all these poor countries, you guys don't have dollars. You guys don't have savings. You don't have, you know, we're going to give you a crisis. You know, they're going to go to places like Turkey, and they're going to say, okay, your lira is going to collapse. You can't get oil. We're going to go to places like India. You guys, you know, your oil consumption is just going parabolic. We're going to put an end to that. You know, the rupee is going to drop. You know, Pakistan, you guys always have a mess. We're going to make your mess worse. You know, they're just going around the, the globe and they're saying, you know, we're going to grab 100,000 barrels here and 200,000 there. And so, you know, the oil market's a couple million barrel a day deficit right now. And what the Federal Reserve is doing is they're saying we're going to balance the market by stealing back a couple, hundred, a couple million barrels a day of demand from emerging markets and frontier markets. And so what OPEC is doing is they're saying, okay, fine, you guys play that game. You want to take uh, demand down by a few million barrels? Well, we'll just take supply down by a few million barrels. You know, we can play the same game, and it's a race to the bottom. You can't win this. And I think, you know, th this is the big boys kind of shouting at each other, and everyone else is watching the quote on the screen, but that's the fight that's really going on, and that fight doesn't get enough, uh, you know, attention. In, in the end, the Federal Reserve... You know, you look, you have six billion people on this earth that want the same standard of living that I have. They want to use the same amount of energy that I do. And I, I believe in human progress. They're going to get there. But the Federal Reserve says if they get there, there's not enough oil, and there's going to be very inflationary. Well, yeah, it's going to be inflationary. That, that, that's what happens when you don't produce enough oil. And, but the Federal Reserve is also saying, we want you guys to forever be poor, so we're going to raise interest rates. And, you know... You have countries like you have OPEC, and they're saying, "Look, these are our future customers for the next hundred years. We're not going to let them just stay poor. You know, if you play this game, we're going to fight back. Let's everyone get rich together." And I think they're fighting back against uh, you know the Federal Reserve, and I think they're going to keep fighting back. Incredibly, you know, and it, it, like that's the board right now. It's this, you know, it's this salvo. It's almost like you know you have a you know you have you have the Federal Reserve and you have OPEC, you know, as a quasi you know as as a quasi central bank. Of real stuff, commodities. Well, I mean, OPEC is the world central banker because energy drives inflation. I mean, Jay Powell might think he's in charge, but he's sitting in the back seat of the bus, and OPEC's driving. <laughs> I don't think he really. <laughs> right, it's a, and so you know, like you, last week, you, you had a great thread, and and you know, it, it was it was it was it was a beautiful thread, and just kind of you know coming back to you know uh, the hedge funds and you know shorting at the bottom, but it, this idea, you know, Goldman literally bottom ticked oil. Like, yeah, literally, yeah, literally, you like. <laughs> it was incredible. Like it was they, they, that you know, and then you, you highlight like, it. It just like, is that just how it works? You know they, that you know the, these you know these muppets just got to be like, oh, it's, it's you know because they're just feeding their clients themselves, right? Well, no, I think what happened is is a big client at Goldman who said, I want to buy a lot of oil, and Goldman's like, okay, I got this. Let's yeah. put out a you know a research report. We're going to buy you a lot of cheap oil. No, but that's how these banks work. You know they don't work. 
look, I'm not a customer of Goldman, so, you know, if I'm reading their research, I'm the product, not, not, not the research. You know, they're going to try to, you know, get me to sell, get me scared, you know, and I don't listen to Goldman. I know they're idiots and I know what they're trying to do, but a lot of people listen to them, which is funny, you know, but, you know, I'm here to make money and a lot of these other people have other goals in, in mind, which is, you know, fine, whatever, but I'm here to make money and when Goldman tells me I should do something, I usually do the opposite. That, that's why I've been successful. And, and I want to talk about that thread too, because in that thread, you said you declare the pullback over. Now you've been tactically on the sidelines, which has been correct. You know, the market's not been doing well, but are you fully in now or, or what's your updated strategy? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm not fully in. I mean, I'm pretty invested. I mean, I haven't really been, sidelines is probably the wrong word. We took our exposure down. Our exposure has been, you know, b below where it normally is for over a year. Uh, we, we've missed a lot of the, the carnage over the last yeah. year in yeah. uh, lots of markets, but we stayed very involved in energy and uranium and some other sectors that I'm passionate about. And on the way down, we kept adding. Yeah. And the first couple times I added, it felt it felt really wrong. <laughs> and you know, I was a couple dollars early. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be a couple dollars early, but I kept adding. And when I put that thread out, I added quite a lot because it just felt like cathartic. It felt washed out. Yeah. You, you, you'd post something on Twitter about energy. And all the comments back are like, Cuppy's still in energy? Like, we, we all left that six months ago. You know, and it's just, you, you, you kind of realize, yeah, it, it, it's, it's ready. It feels right. Yeah, you look at what right. yeah, I mean, you, you look at what's happening with the open interest. You look at what's happening with, you know, look, look a lot of the energy ETFs have massive outflows. Guys are selling at the bottom. You yeah. see this across the board. That's usually when you want to buy. And you'll never get the bottom. But it just felt like it couldn't go much lower, and the fundamentals are just so bullish. I, I didn't know that OPEC a couple days later would make me look smart, you know. <laughs> but you know, it, it's just kind of like um, you, you just knew that it, it couldn't go much lower because the fundamentals. I mean, you know, a commodity can't really drop much after it's already dropped almost by half. Yeah. If, yeah. if this huge deficits and the deficits are expanding, I mean, for the rest of this year, barring some you know calamity, I think the deficits are going to get worse and worse. Mm. And, what OPEC is doing is just accelerating that. And Cuppy, are you worried about you know you know the other side of it? Uh, the other side of it is that you know OPEC was worried about you know demand you, like that demand was uh, was weak and you know that that's a reason. What's your thought on 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 demand for energy, particularly oil, but just across the board for commodities, more broadly speaking? Oh, demand is going to keep growing. Like I said, there's six billion people want my standard of living, a lot of them, they don't have microwaves, they don't have cars, they don't have air conditioning. I mean, just think of what we do with electricity and, you know, the demand's gonna keep growing. I mean, it won't grow every quarter maybe, there'll be recessions, but th that's a straight line up with a little bit of, you know, wiggle. And I mean, look, look, look at India, motorbikes, like new motorbikes were up 50% year over year. I just saw a statistic. I mean, do you realize, like, I've seen pictures of India. There's just like millions of motorbikes at an intersection. They all weave through and it all sort of works. There's going to be 50% more. And a motorbike, it doesn't use a lot of gasoline. We're talking maybe a gallon, two gallons uh, a month. They're not price sensitive. Once you save up $1,000 for a motorbike, if your gasoline is $3 or if it's $10, you're going to ride your motorbike because you're not going to take public transport and you're not going to walk. I mean, once you have that and you tell your family that I'm independent, I'm on my motorbike, you never go backwards. Hey, Cuppy, you can, in India, you can put your whole family on the motorbike. I've seen that. <laughs> like, literally, the change that happens in your life when a motorbike arrives. Forget it. <laughs> right, right. Well, what, what happens when everyone in the family gets a motorbike? They each have their own. Yeah, exactly. I mean... But look at, look at Indian uh, oil demand. It's just going straight up. Yeah. And... Yeah. 
look, you can have a recession, but once you get a motorbike, you don't stop using it. That's the thing. I mean, look, like, look, I'm a successful guy. Like the price of oil was $10 a gallon. I'm still going to go out and drive my car. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know, and I think even people who don't have as much, you know, and maybe it bites them a little when gasoline is $7, they still have to drive to work. They're still going to take their family out and do stuff. They're, they're going to spend less money on, you know, their Netflix subscription or something else. Yeah. Once you have a car, you use it. I mean, just think how cheap it is. We're talking about... 10 cents to take you, your family, your stuff a mile. Yeah. Like, it, it costs nothing. And so, no, I, I just think the demand goes straight up. Look, look, at, look what happened to the GFC, okay? At the worst of the GFC, oil demand was down 3% globally. Right. The worst part of, the, of yeah. the greatest financial crisis we've had in 100 years, yeah. okay? Oil was down 3 By the end of the year, it was down about 1%. Mm. Think how bad it is. Think how many companies went bankrupt. Think how many you know, people really suffered. Oil was down 1% that year. It's a nothing. And, um, you know, do you think we're going to have a GFC? I don't think we're going to have a GFC. You're going to have some little shitty banks fail. Uh, you haven't even had a real bank fail. You know, you're going to have some, you know, you're going to have a recession, whatever. I mean, I can see oil demand just keep growing because I think it's going to keep growing. And, and that's So, what, no, I'm not worried. And, and that's what, like, I wanted to kind of talk to you about because everyone was saying that the Fed was going to hike until something broke. Like, was the SVB fallout the thing that broke? Because then people are arguing, well, like, the depositors got bailed out, all this stuff. Like, like, like now everyone's pricing in, like, a pause. Some people are even pricing in, like, rate cuts. Like, does this kind of show that, you know, there's not much to be really scared about going forward? No, the, the Fed's not pausing. The Fed's going to keep doing 25s, and as oil breaks above 100, they're going to have to start doing 50s again. <laughs> the Fed's going to chase oil across the screen. No, I'm serious. I mean, remember what we talked about a few minutes ago. The Federal Reserve is going to go around the world and say, you're yeah. a poor country, you guys can't have oil because yeah. Americans want oil. They're just going to go around the country, and they're going to keep raising rates, and they're going to start creating crises around the world. But no, I mean, so far we had uh, the, the two banks that did shit coins and JPEGs. I mean, yeah, they, they were going to fail. You know, <laughs> like it was obvious they were going to fail. Uh, we, we had uh, S, S, uh, V Bank. I mean, th they funded like dog walking apps. Like, <laughs> they were going to fail. Like, these like truly truly like you know because you've written so articulately so beautifully about uh you know about the, the ponzi economy you know all you know this ponzi world could you imagine that it actually ended up being this is the first little link that broke it was actually ponzi banks incredible More <laughs> chef's kiss <laughs> you know for a while we were short uh sp bank uh and we, we didn't make any money on it uh I got chased out by one of the crazy short squeezes along the way. But no, we, we were short that from time to time. Uh, I, I knew that was a zero. Um, but no, there's, there's some other banks that are going to fail. Look, there's, there's a bunch of banks that are going to fail because when things are good, banks do really stupid things, and then they leverage it like 10 times. And when you take anything and leverage it 10 times, even something smart, you know, stuff goes wrong. But when you just take something really stupid and leverage it 10 times, of course it blows up. And so these things all blew up, and there's going to be some more, but... These aren't real. They're not systemic. They're, they're just like, you know, hocus pocusy right. yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anything real is even in trouble yet. Yeah. I mean, you have some large REITs, you know, like your tornadoes of the world. Like those will probably go to zero and you'll have some other stuff that starts blowing up. That's still another year or two into the future. Right. So, like, so, so Copy, just on that, just just so I can understand that better. So you feel like, are, are we in like the second inning of like, fuck around, find out kind of thing? Like, you know, <laughs> you know are we just like, are we just getting our toes wound a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I think.
think so. I mean, look, nothing real is broken. That's, that's the crazy thing. I mean, I never thought they could take rates to five and uh, the, the world would be fine. But I mean, look, Credit Suisse failed, but I mean, Credit Suisse has been insolvent for a decade. Right. I'm still, I'm amazed it made it this far. Like, <laughs> but just start looking at this stuff, like nothing real is even in trouble yet. I mean, the economy's booming out of control here yeah. in the US. Yeah. You know, there's, there's two economies in the US. You have, you know, your interest rate sensitive economy. So private equity, VC, you know, uh, commercial real estate, like, they're, they're, those things are struggling. Yeah. Then you have the real economy, which is where a guy picks up a wrench or welds or you know works at a restaurant. Those those economies are booming out of control. Anything that touches the real economy yeah. is just in fuego. Like I got a great statistic for you. Um, there's a company that uh, it's called Sea It's a Canadian company. They make snowmobiles. Yeah. They had uh, sales up 71 percent year over year of snowmobiles. <laughs> what recession has ever had 71 percent snowmobile growth? Like, this is the weirdest recession I've ever seen. And that's because yeah. the guys who know how to weld and will pick up a wrench or do real work, I'm not talking about in an office where, you know, they send emails back and forth to each other, but do real stuff. Those guys, uh, they're killing it. Their wages are going out of control and they're making a fortune. And I think in the United States over the last 20 years, we created too many uh, software devs and, uh, you know, biz school grads and you know there's a bunch of mbas but no one knows how to you know do electrician work or you know like, like no one knows how to no one knows how to do plumbing in america like oh. i watch the youtube and i'm just like this is too hard i don't know how to do this stuff. <laughs> but, but you call the guy to fix the toilet and it's like 400 now <laughs> right yeah. and, and these and, guys are making a fortune and meanwhile yeah. in white collar jobs you're like listen buddy you're one ai fucking command away from getting zapped right yeah. you can't say that to your plumber I just I just read something, uh, some CEO, I forgot which company, he said, I can get uh, an MBA for 60 grand, but I can't get anyone to drive the truck and we're paying over 100 grand. Yes, it, who was that? Uh, you, you know, that, that was such a succinct quote. It, I, I'm forgetting, it, 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 but that was so perfect. It was like, it was like, it was bang on. It's like, you know, literally, I, I can get MBAs all day for 60K, but I can't find a, a truck driver for 90. Yeah. Yeah, so, something like that. And the funny thing is that the MBA, because, you know, they just sat there in college for four years, they can't go back to their parents and say, I'm going to drive a truck and make more money. And so as a result, I don't know how this fixes itself, but look, we, we've had, uh, you know, really 30 years now where blue-collar jobs, those guys have had no increase in their standard of living. And I think it's great that they're finally getting a raise. I think, you know, that's, that's most of the economy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those guys, you know, when they, you know, are, are literally check by check, I mean, they can't spend. They, they can't grow the economy. And that's why the economy's booming. That's why inflation's booming. These guys all are flush with cash and they're spending. And I think it's absolutely great. And I think it's a complete shame that J-PAL's going out there and trying to stop this. You know, he, he but he, 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 you have his buddies in private equity, they're saying, Hey, you know the model doesn't work because we have to give these, this guy a raise and that guy a raise and that guy a raise. They go to J-Pow and they say, "Do something about it." You know, all the peasants want money, and you know it, it's the same thing that everyone else is saying, where it's like, "Hey, you know, Pakistan uses too much oil. Let's screw them over." And so, I mean, that, that's that's what J-Pow is doing. But in the end, I believe in human progress, and a little inflation is probably okay. Yeah. And but the economy's booming. And that's why oil demand's gonna stay strong. Incredible, Cuppy. And so, you know, just as a wrap, Cuppy, just in terms of how would you, so, so we've just had the OPEC hammer drop, uh, tighten, tighten things up. Where do you see things for commodities? I think a great tweet. I think like a reply tweet. He said like own the own the periodic index, right? Own, own you know own own jewels, all of them. How would you for uh, how are you positioned? How are you know how are you thinking about the commodity complex right now? 
Well, I think it's just going to boom out of control. They're going to print a ton of money to bail out the banks, like they always do, and a bunch of that money is going to show up in the periodic table, and you know, <laughs> every one of these commodities is going to go crazy again because that's what happens every time they print money. No, you own the commodities. I mean, if you're really smart and you understand, you know, geology, you can buy some of the mining companies. I, I'm not that smart. I'd rather just buy the commodity, and you know, I own some of the service companies because. You know, th those guys will all make a ton of money helping companies, you know, get the stuff out of the ground. But mostly it just on the commodity. It, it's, a, it's a great way to be long inflation. Cuppy, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. The great, the one, the only. Cuppy. <laughs> guys, thank so thanks, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Project Zimbabwe lives on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's never died, but they're about to flip the switch, and it's going to go into overdrive. Oh, for sure. Hey, Cuppy, we, we, uh, Team Grizzle has to come come to come to Puerto Rico at some point, man. We, we got to do <laughs> it up. One down. Oh, <laughs> uh, Cuppy, thank you so much. Guys, that's the great, the Cuppy. Listen, Praetorian Capital, you know where the numbers are made, the returns are done, and then secondarily, Cuppy's Event Remit Monitor, which is a fantastic tool to and give yourself the edge in the market. Cuppy, thank you very much. Thanks. Great. Thank you.